Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? The Canadian Destroyer himself. A lot's been going on here in the Wrestling Perspective world, Petey. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've noticed. Um, uh, how is your other podcast doing, uh, should I ask? Petey, are you jealous that I'm seeing other podcasters? I, I'm just asking a question of how your other podcast is doing. Uh, are technically other podcasts. So let's let's talk about the elephant in the room real quick here in the Wrestling Perspective Podcast land. So, and we did not talk about it on this podcast because it happened quickly. The addition to James Ellsworth to this uh, podcast feed, which you and I are actually really excited about. Yeah, no, I'm totally joking. Um, no, I'm super excited about that. I, and I talked about like, I, I want to build like a like a family, a wrestling perspective family, like family, like brothers with uh, you know from another mother, like me, you, James Ellsworth. Uh, who else? You know, like let's get a dynasty going. Hey, you know what? Our new best friend. Maybe we can talk him into it. What? Uh, yeah, David Arquette. <laughs> I'm excited. Listen, oh, yeah, I, David. So. The last night, uh, David Arquette is a known wrestling fan. If you if you're a youngster, go back and look at David Arquette, who is famous for the roles in the uh, Scream movie franchise, uh, Detective Dewey, I believe. Which actually, I've never yeah. seen a Scream movie, believe it or not. I've seen like I think the first three, and I didn't see the fourth one that they like released like a decade after the fact. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember watching the first Scream movie, and it was like, it was, it, it, I don't know, I'm not ahead of its time, but that, that was the first, like, a guy's under a mask, you know, teenage slasher, who done it, who, who's the killer kind of deal, you're trying to figure it out, like, that was, uh, I, I remember being in high school when that movie came out, and it was, it was a big deal, David, big deal. David Arquette gets a raw deal in the wrestling world, he was once a WCW champion, and yeah. By my math, he wasn't even the worst champion, if you think about it. Uh, you know, what Nicholas from this WrestleMania, 10-year-old boy who's a tag team champion, far worse than him. Vince Russo, world champion, far worse than him. I I'm sure if we actually did our homework, we could have named five or six more actual wrestlers who were worse than him. Yeah, I definitely, I, you know, I forgot about Russo and, you know, Nicholas, the 10-year-old boy, but... Uh, you know, before all that, you know, he probably was the, like he was the first where it was like, you know, uh, let's put it on a celebrity. And, you know, they did it because of the Ready to Rumble movie. They were trying to promote that and stuff, which I'll tell you what, I've watched Ready to Rumble when that came out. It was always on. I think at the time I had satellite. So those satellite movies, they were just on repeat and or it was on cable or something like that. And they just air those things like nonstop. And anytime it was on, you know, I was a couch potato and I would just oh, Ready to Rumble's on. Let's watch it. You know, when I'm flipping through the channels. And man, I love that movie. I mean, I don't care what anybody else says. I love that movie. I'm actually I'm with you because that was the first real good, despite what people think. It was a good wrestling movie. It had a fun story. It 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 lived in kayfabe. It really did. Yeah, it it was it was a it was a neat mix because like you like they like at the beginning they're like okay let's work together and let's get this. Uh, you know, match set out and all that kind of stuff. And then he kind of like turns on him. They kind of do like a screw job. So they're kind of like, 
you know, like it's mm-hmm. kayfabe, but not really. And it was really interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, that's 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 good writing. I thought. And even at the end, that triple leveled uh, steel cage, which they actually brought out for one pay per view, actually was a pretty good idea. Yeah, that was that was not bad. I mean, that was a uh, sight to see. Um, that's one of better WCW's better ideas when it comes to gimmick matches. So um, I enjoy. I think Jeff Jarrett was in that match too. And I think like Canyon was like Chris Canyon was like thrown off the top. Like he did a run in just so he could get thrown off the top. I into, think like, I remember that. Uh, bale of hay i don't know what it was. no it was empty cardboard boxes if i remember yeah that's correct. what it was yeah so if you're listening david we are big fans we love you you're a number we're, we're your number one fans if you be our number one fan we're, we're courting them now <laughs> yeah we we have a lot to get to on this podcast i don't have the official statement here uh let's talk about the release of tyrus uh i'm really off about what he posted and as you talk about your thoughts on him i'll i'll pull up his instagram post uh basically confirming he's parted ways with uh tna impact and i'll tell you look i don't have anybody the answer to i can you're not going to take heat for what i say because i'm going to say look this is my opinion not yours i i feel like what he did was a classless move in his instagram post but Let's talk a little bit about, uh, was it Tyrus, right? Yeah, Tyrus. Used to be, uh, what was he in uh, WWE? Um, Brodus Clay. Uh, Brodus Clay, yeah. Okay, so do you want to start? I, I mean, no, I I'll let you start while I pull statement. up. I'll pull up the statement yeah. while you talk. Pull up the statement. So I, I haven't, I didn't meet him until he just came back, like in, uh, I believe it was January. He did a little mini feud with EC3. Um, and I, I was in a match with him, actually. It was a Feast or Fired match. And it, those multiple man's matches are interesting. Um, we're all like – Abyss was the agent for the match. And he said, okay, guys, let's all meet by the ring at whatever, 3 o'clock and get this thing together. Okay. So we're all just kind of standing there. And, I mean, it's tough when you have 10 guys. I think it was 10 guys. 10 guys in a match. Like who's going to take the lead? And, you know, I'll, I'll start off taking the lead of, like, how I want to structure it. And if somebody else jumps in, I'm all ears. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to come up with this match by myself. Like, I'm all ears. Like, give me – like, let, let's come up with ideas together. Um, I want this to be all of our matches, all of our creative ideas. And, uh, you know, everybody was just kind of sitting there. And uh, I remember looking at, 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 at uh, Tyrus, you know, because it's my first time working with him and meeting him pretty much. And we got along great, but, you know, I, I want to kind of gauge him because the other nine guys in the match knew, like, you know, I could structure a pretty good match. You know, I have some respect in the business. I can – all that kind of stuff. And But I I don't know how he feels. I kept, like, kind of looking at him and seeing what's going on. And um, I said, yeah, you know, I was thinking at the beginning it could be you and EC3 in the, in the match because at this point you guys will have heat with each other and you guys could do a little runaround, whatever, whatever. Take your time. You guys will have about – 30 seconds to 45 seconds. And then I'm like, are you cool with that? He's like, yeah, man, totally cool with that. But I, I still couldn't engage him. I'm like, is he cool with that or is he not cool with that? I'm like, well, we'll see when we go out there and, or if he changes it beforehand or whatever. But he did exactly what, you know, what, what the storyline said. And I'm like, okay, cool. He, he's on board. So um, I got along with him uh, very well. He has that um, sense of humor of uh, – it's funny, like – 
You know those guys that walk around and make sarcastic comments all the time? You're not sure if they're way. not a cool guy or they're just trying to be funny. Yeah, and but for him, I'm like, okay, I could see the humor in it because we're in the wrestling business. If it was a different business, say if he was walking around in a business office, I'd be like, man, this guy's a, a whatever. Right. But no, I mean, it's because you know I, I get the sarcasm and stuff, and you know, I I, I enjoyed working with him a little bit that I did. I'm, you know, I, I kind of I don't know what happened with them, why they parted ways or whatever, um, and I think he was supposed to have a match at the pay-per-view uh, yeah i think they were in like this this body shaming type and yet another one uh, by the way what's that yet another body shaming storyline would you you're seeing one go on right now <laughs> wwe and then in impact so let's stop with the well, body the shaming. thing is with with the body shaming thing i don't know when wwe started theirs with with Jax and alexa bliss um but, you know, obviously we filmed ours in January, um, so they probably wrote it like either early January, late December. So I, I don't know who's came first. Uh-huh. I have no idea. It's, it's not like we're stealing ideas or anything like that. It just they happen to be at the same time. Interesting. Well, here's his statement on Instagram. Let's see here. 2014 to 2018, I've been a part of Impact Wrestling, worked a lot of good people, worked with a lot of good people. For uh, most of part, I've enjoyed my time. Having said that, I've grown. They, well, dot, 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 um, change is good, and there's definitely has been a lot of change. And today, after much much thinking about it, uh, it's time to move on from impact. Creatively, we just don't see eye to eye on anything, and I beat EC3, so I'm good. I wish them well in their future endeavors. Enough said. All right, first off, that's a very crappy way to say it. Uh, you know, that's backstabbing. And this is my opinion, not yours. I, I understand that you're a company guy, but you, you, you may cross paths with him. So I don't want to get you in trouble. But you know what? As a fan's point of view, other than WWE, he's done Fox News, which doesn't mean jack to me because it's not part of the wrestling world. And he's shown up in the next Netflix series, Glow. What has he really done in the wrestling industry for me to think? And it says it all over it. He probably wants to be a champion and and be a main eventer. So creatively, we don't see eye to eye. So he's in this angle. He wants to be up here. We all want to be up here. And as a fan, what has he done to deserve that? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's interesting you say that. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know creatively. Like, I don't, I don't sit with Sanjay and Scott and be like, "Oh, what happened?" or anything. Like, I'm hearing it the same as everybody else on the internet's hearing of what happened. Um, and I, I don't know why they disagreed. I'm assuming, if I had to assume, you know, I'm assuming that Tyrus was called them or something and said, "What, what are we doing?" They probably told them whatever the storyline angle was. He probably didn't agree with it. They said, yeah, but we have to because A, B, and C, we're trying to get this guy over, so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, maybe he didn't agree with it. You know, I, I've seen it before. Like, I've, I, I was actually, like, I was actually part of it. Like, I had to, in Canada, um, you know, I had to feud with Eli Drake for a little bit. And they wanted me to come out somehow, the office, 
come out and and get the best of Eli Drake and Chris Masters. And they were like, well, how is he going to leave us both laying? There's two of him and or, – or two of <laughs> us and one of him. All right, right? Scott Steiner math. And, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 66 and two-thirds. I'm, <laughs> anyways, um, so they were – and then immediately, you know, the office was like, well, we're trying to make this guy, you know, like build him up, baby face, all that kind of stuff. And then and that's when I stepped in. because I'm like, dude, I don't care if I leave anybody lay. I know I'm a smaller dude than them. They're two jack dudes. I said I could come in. I could weasel my way out. And we figured it all out. It was good. Right. Like we all sat down, put our heads together and we, we made it. We made it work. All right. But every like. I, I seriously, I'm like, I don't care. Whatever you guys want to do, I'll do. But like, you know, the office and those two guys, they were button heads a little bit, not heat, just like creatively, they weren't seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And then we, we squashed it like in a matter of minutes. Like, yeah, let's just do this. I came up with the idea. Oh, yeah, okay, we like that better. We just figured, you know, you were going to come in and like double clothesline on. Like, no, no, that's, that's not the case, right? So I don't like, things can always be worked out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, y- you, even though you're getting to the final destination in the storyline, to get there, you can go so many different ways. So if you're like one track thinking, that's going to limit you in the world of professional wrestling. If you can't think outside the box or work with somebody else, it's it's going to go against you. So I don't know if creatively, you know, the office had one way of thing and they didn't they didn't want to steer off that railroad track and and Tyrus was the same way and they just couldn't meet. Um, but in wrestling, you kind of have to you kind of have to wiggle a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe that's why I'm like. You know, haven't made it to like a superstardom or anything like that, but that that's what it is in, in wrestling. Like, I mean, you have to wiggle it. It's not going to be your way all the time, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, that that bothered me when I read that. He really came off as as a fan reading that bitter and almost my words a crybaby. You may not agree with it. You've seen it many times, and as you said on the last podcast. There's an open door policy. If you don't want to be there, go. And that's more than fine. I'm okay if he didn't want to be there. But it felt like it was so close to a pay-per-view. At <laughs> least see it through. Don't leave everybody yeah. in a lurch. Yeah. I, I remember when I got my first release from TNA, Impact Wrestling. They were TNA at the time in 2009. When And I told this story before. When Terry Taylor called me up, I just got off a plane uh, from, from LA and I'm, I'm taking a nap because you know, the time change and all that. And, uh, I just did motion capturing for them for the video game. And they said, yeah, we're going to release you. And I was like, what, you know, long story short, they said, yeah, the next set of tapings in, in, in two weeks, um, or a week or whatever it was, we want you to come down there, do the pay-per-view, you know, against Steiner, you'll lose to Steiner the next night. Um, on Monday, we'll do the first TV taping. You're going to lose another match to Steiner to get the gimmick off of you. And then on Tuesday, you'll lose a you'll you'll lose a loser leaves TNA forever match or something like that. And I was like, okay. And they said we just ask that you don't tell anybody this until the very last day. And I could have said I could have said, no, good luck, I'm out, I'm not coming back down to the pay per view, all that kind of stuff. Like I I could have, you know. But they they had a they had a game plan, and I'm like, you know what? I know. I, I know the wrestling world that this isn't going to be my last time working for them. I know that. I mean, it took 10 years or so. Well, no. And then I went back, actually, I went to Japan right after that. And then 
Jeff Jarrett said, oh, man, like there was a, some storyline and Jeff Jarrett, I remember Scott Moore telling me, it's like, can we bring Petey back to do that? And it was only like like four months that I've been gone. And we're like, oh, well, no, it's too soon because he just lost the loser leaves. So they already had was I was already in their mind and all that kind of stuff. And they brought me back again in like 2000 and like uh, four years later. And then again, like all this kind of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm back and forth with them. So, you know, it's it's good that you have that open relationship, even though it's not even the same management as it was before, maybe a little bit turned. But, you know, people, it, it goes around in wrestling of what kind of individual you are to work with. And companies either like that or they don't like that. Um, you're either somebody that they want to work with or like, oh, no, we heard that guy's hard to work with, so we don't want to hire him. Right? Mm-hmm. Which makes so. sense. Let's move on because I, I I could fish about this guy all night long and I I don't want to. He's more than happy to go. I just didn't like the way in the timing of it. The greatest Royal Rumble, PD Williams. A little WWE talk here. I'm actually getting jazzed up about this event. It, here's why. The card looks to be pretty interesting as I'm pulling it up now. But this is an event, depending on where you live in the United States, here we're in Michigan, no secret here, Eastern Standard Time, this event's going to show up at noon on Friday. It's almost like Christmas. I'm really excited to have a live noon event. Like It, it makes me start to think, I'd love to see the WWE do this once or twice a year where they have an afternoon event during the week for, for people that sit at the computers because... I'm like scheduling my week around this one day. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, this is it's going to be on the network. I'm assuming. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is good. It's something different. It's twelve o'clock. I mean, I know, I know. There's a lot of wrestling fans out there that have some sort of job where they're not commit to where they can be on a computer. And maybe they don't have a boss micromanaging them or whatever the case may be. And they can flip on the network, whether it be on their phone or their computer, and they can they can watch this thing. So, yeah, I mean, this is really interesting. Noon, right? Noon. It's good. It's a 50-man Royal Rumble, which the way the WWE had said it, they're all going to come out with their own entrances. So there's the, – because there was a Justin Brasso from Sports Illustrated who was talking out of his butt – Basically saying, and I got this from another show. I believe it was uh, Fightful uh, with uh, uh, John Ross Sapp, I believe it is. I don't remember his first name, so you know, I apologize. Sean Ross. Sean Ross Sapp. There we go. And he, he was basically saying on his podcast that this Justin guy at first was speculating like 20 men would start in a ring and then they'd bring out people with their entrances, <laughs> which is the stupidest Royal Rumble idea ever you either commit or you don't and for a 50-man royal rumble you can't fit everybody in a ring well okay now is it going to be royal rumble rules or battle royal rules royal rumble rules so okay so you're fine with that if it was a battle royal then battle royal the way that works is every man starts in the ring at once and then the last man standing wins, right? Right. So fifty guys, yeah, that's 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 going to be really tough to put fifty two hundred plus pound guys in the ring. That's that's probably not going to work. Um, if it's Royal Rumble rules, if you have a guy coming out every, I don't know, they're going to do a minute and a half. I, I don't know. Half I'm going to guess gonna an hour and a half event. Yeah, I'm going to guess two two minutes like normal. Well, if it's two minutes, 
Every that's going to be what an is, hour and 40 minutes till we get to the end. So it'll be at least a two-hour match. What is what right? is the regular? Is the regular 60 seconds or two minutes? They, they switch it. I remember one year it was – well, I think it's two minutes. Okay. But I remember one year they might have bumped it down to – because remember they had like 40-man one time when it was mm-hmm. the first brand split. So one time they, they, they did a minute and a half. Um, they'll switch it back and forth. So it's either a minute and a half or two minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even in the Royal Rumble, there's never thir- all 30 guys in the ring at once because eliminations go as they come and they format this thing. And I've been in, we, we call them gauntlets. Um, that's what we obviously, I've been in so many X division gauntlets. They're pretty much Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, Rumbles, Rumbles, Rumbles. Um, but there's not 30 guys that will be worth like, I don't know, 12 to 15, maybe 20 guys or, or whatever. And some of the times, depending on our schedule and the timing we have, we'll either do a minute or a minute and a half entrance. Um, that's why you always see the guy run like down to the ring as if they're on fire because they want to get their spot in before the next guy comes out, pretty much. And they have to get the eliminations in. And you know, we structure all that ahead of time. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a long. Like the Royal Rumble itself, the 30-man one, is already long. It's already over uh, an hour because it's two minutes, you know, and then you have the uh, guys, like the last whatever in the ring. That usually takes five to ten minutes. So, you know, you're looking at almost a two-hour event if they go every two minutes for 50 guys. Are you going to try to find time to watch this? Because you're you're hit or miss with some pay-per-views. I will find time. I will not watch it live. I'll probably, like. I'll be getting off my plane from Orlando probably around eleven o'clock ish that morning. Um, so just to get home, I'm probably not after doing wrestling all week. I'm probably not just going to come home and watch wrestling live. But um, I'll probably I'll probably do it like when the kids are asleep or something like that, watching in bits and pieces. If this Royal Rumble itself is two hours long, and then there's other matches on the card. I mean, we're looking at maybe a four-hour event here. This might be a, a next WrestleMania-type deal. So it might be a very long event. You know, you have redemption coming up. We Let's touch on that. I mean, I feel like Impact should pay us for the advertising, by the way. But let's touch on, <laughs> let's touch on Impact. Are you excited about this pay-per-view coming up? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Uh I, I first time I worked Matt Seidel was 15 years ago, and that's when you know I first gave him the Destroyer, and I think I've only wrestled him once in a singles match since then, and it was uh, I want to say earlier on this year for for Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, Santino Morello's group there, and uh, but that was aired also for Impact. I think we we competed for the Grand Championship, uh, and I, we we spoke about that on the podcast back in I don't know January or something. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we haven't, like, I feel like we have good chemistry, but it's not like it's when I wrestled, like, a Chris Saban or Alex Shelley where we wrestled each other so many times where we could just do it in our sleep. Like, it's, it's going to be interesting because a lot of the times of the X Division in the past, I knew all, all those guys, and I could come up with so many ideas, and I, I knew everything. But Matt Seidel is so, like, he, he's creative, and he's – uh, always switching up his style and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's hard to anticipate what st- kind of story we're going to tell in the ring. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope everybody, it, what, what kind of 
actually sucks. I kind of don't. What I kind of don't like is people have high expectations for this match. I hate that. I hate when people are like, "Oh man, this match <laughs> is gonna blow every." I I hate when there's high expectations. I like when there's low expectations, and then you exceed them because it's like, "Oh man, that was better than I expected." You know what I mean? So it's just because it puts a lot more pressure on you. So yeah, I do feel more pressure, and you know, it's been ten years since I've held a title. Um, so if I end up winning, you know, that's, that's a lot of pressure being a champion again. Uh, so yeah, it's nerve wracking and exciting at the same time. And, uh, then, then it's interesting to see what's, what's next storyline wise, um, for, for the TV tapings, what, what feud I'm going to go into with, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Steiner's there for the whole run so I could just be entertained and stuff. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm excited. Has creative given you an idea one way or another to the outcome of the match? And we'll leave it at that. Um, and by the way, Petey, you're a little bit under the weather, so you're trooping through this. So if people hear you cough yeah. or take a swig, yeah. you've got a little throw thing going on. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, we really got to stop uh, sharing water bottles and toothbrushes or something, man. I just uh, thought that's what friends did. <laughs> I, I know that's why I don't want to stop. But um, so we can not, still wear not, the same underwear, now, right? Yeah, that that won't give us. Okay, no, good. That, that's that's good. That doesn't give. Uh, anyways, uh, I I don't know because um, I I'm totally left in the dark. I don't know what they're gonna do. I know um, this event was supposed like they were they were thinking. It was going to be in Toronto, this event. Um, so different storylines, all that kind of stuff. I'm in Canada now. I'm the hometown hero and all that stuff. Now I'm in Orlando. And, you know, I'm Canadian and Matt's American. Um, I, I have no idea what's going to – if we were in Canada, I would hint by – I would hint more of, you know, oh, maybe I would be more prone to win – in my home country like i know when we we're in bound for glory afterwards creative was like man we should have had pd win the title and you know but it didn't match the storyline for the upcoming week and i'm like ah, i could have lost it the next night it didn't matter we should have gave the people what they want to see we we're at a bound for glory we were switching management we were trying to turn a new so let's give everybody all the people every outcome every every positive outcome that we they want to see in this match all the baby faces winning all this kind of stuff send everybody home happy bound for glory was awesome everybody would be saying all that stuff but it, it didn't happen like that so maybe they were like oh you know it's gonna be in canada give the belt i, I have no idea what's gonna happen i, I have zero idea I, I didn't even ask sanjay what's gonna happen um i don't even know where we we're at on the card how much time we have nothing so i'm going into it blind and i'll find out on sunday and we'll figure it out Man, that's that's really cool. All right, let's move back, Petey Williams, into the WWE and uh, something else that's bothering me. And maybe you'll set me straight. Maybe you will agree with me on this. Is the Miz versus Daniel Bryant? It has been something that everybody has been waiting for. If you're not, then you're not a true wrestling fan. Here's what bothers me: they they trade the Miz over to SmackDown, which is okay. I'm good with that. Then they announce that these two will face each other on three dates on a UK tour, which I'm hoping 
I, for the sake of making it interesting, I'm hoping it's on TV. But I feel like this is a waste to have these two guys have such a, a – it's not a dream match. But it's something we've been waiting for since uh, The Miz cut that scathing promo on Smack Talk or Talking Smack or whatever the heck they called it at, at some point. Why would they do this? Why would they not build this up to – I guess it's for putting butts in the seats. The ticket sales may not be as good as we all thought, but – Man, to me, this is SummerSlam, WrestleMania, something major all over it. Yeah, no, this is for how they've been building it up. And like it got built up so much, it was like, you know what? Wait till everybody's just praying that Daniel Bryan gets gets cleared and can finally wrestle again. Like that's what people were waiting for. Then they kind of drifted away from it a little bit, you know, and then they went to their storyline with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, whatever. But, you know, people remember that. And you would think that this match would be, yeah, like headlining SummerSlam or at least one of like the, the, the main matches in SummerSlam or, or something, even even a pay-per-view, not uh, a live UK tour, but maybe they're just trying to sell tickets for the UK tour. Maybe the ticket sales are light. I, 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 don't, I, I don't see why they would be. They don't go over there a lot. Um, I, I, you know, I honestly don't know why they're giving it away like that. And I hope it is not televised. Because you don't want to give it away to the national audience like that, like on a, a, a network special or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's them getting you know, to know each other. I don't know if they've ever wrestled each other before. Um, but maybe it's them getting to know each other, work out the kinks of the match before they have a big blow-off match uh, on a pay-per-view or whatever. It's, it's As a fan... I want this to be an amazing buildup where they don't touch each other for two months. And at the end of it, it's SummerSlam or Royal Rumble or <laughs> or anything, WrestleMania even. This, yeah. it, it, so soon, so fast, no buildup. It, it will draw. What's the WWE doing? They don't, as you said, they well, don't go over there enough. Help me understand as a fan what the thought process would be. To just the only thing that I could think of, the only thing I could think of is why they're doing it so quickly. And just like uh, I think last Tuesday or whatever, they had AJ versus Daniel Bryan, which is another dream match. You know, it ended it like in a screw job finish, but um, and it was DQ, whatever the case may be, but. You know, it was still like those two guys touching each other. That should be a dream match too. Um, the only thing I could think of is they're trying to get through all these dream matches because maybe the WWE offices and management do not have confidence that Daniel Bryan will be Daniel Bryan be able to wrestle long term. That they feel like maybe he'll get another concussion, then he'll be done. And they blew all this buildup of dream matches that never happened. So maybe they're just trying to get through them all now so that they can. You know, get the most out of it before they feel like, you know what I mean? Maybe they, they're not they're not all in on, on Daniel Bryan. That's the only thing I can think of. That's really an interesting concept. You and I have talked about it. I don't have the confidence. I'm not sure if you do or don't, but it's not highly likely his wrestling style. He'll be able to continue to keep this up without getting injured. And the type of injury, the concussions, or something that easily happens the more and more you have, that it does make sense that, okay, look. In our minds, we might have three months before something pops up. Let's just jam everything into the pipeline, get it over with, and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, we'll deal with it, and at least everybody had X, Y, and Z. 
Yeah, and we got a network special out of it, like a WWE 24, where we can all that kind of stuff. You know, so that that's the only thing I could possibly think of of why they're doing it. All these things so early. I mean, and and keep that in mind. Like whatever they do next, wherever Daniel Bryan's next feud is, keep that in mind. Is it going to be another dream match feud? Is it or is it just? So just keep that in mind of how they book him, um, and that all just goes to show what their motivation is behind everything. The three dates, by the way, and I don't have the actual dates, is Liverpool, Newcastle, and Sheffield. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm okay with it, I guess, if you put it like that, where at the end, I'd rather have it than not have it versus risk. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, let's get this Miz stuff out of the way. Uh, You know, and we've talked about this before. Like, once you have multiple concussions, and we've seen – professional athletes like hockey players football players having to pretty much medically retire they, they were they were banned from playing because they've had there, there's a limit to the amount of concussions you can have before you get booted from your league so you know the more the more concussions you get the more susceptible you are hopefully he could stay healthy hopefully he set enough time off i mean that how long how long was it did we say two years three, that we didn't I, wrestle be- for? I believe it was three three okay so two to three years that's probably the most time he's ever taken off as an entire professional wrestling career. So a lot can heal in that time. So maybe he's over the injuries and stuff, and this is like him starting all over again. Let's move over to the WWE Superstar Shakeup, where I was actually pleasantly surprised and impressed. People are saying that SmackDown won it. I can agree with that. There were a couple big names that went over to Raw, but... I, I bring this up because your boy, who's part of Sanity, is now going to make his main roster debut next week, or, or Eric Young. Yeah, I'm excited for him. They're going to be a, a great group. Who who they're going to feud with, I don't know. Um, is New Day still on SmackDown? Yes, New Day did they... not get moved. New Day stayed. Okay, so I could see that as like uh, maybe a first feud or something like that. Because you got New Day, fun-loving, making all these jokes, and then... They can make so many jokes on Sanity and stuff, and then Sanity could just beat their butts and leave them laying kind of deal, um, which would make good TV. Uh, are they going to go that way? I I don't know. But uh, it, it's interesting. Like I like seeing three-man groups because just like the New Day, I like that concept because it's not going to be the same two guys over and over again. You can have them maybe in multiple storylines. I don't feel like they utilize New Day as much as they – as they could because they're always in the tag division. Everything's tag is just the free birds rule. I would like it if, like, you know, let's say Xavier Wood, Kofi tagged up and then, you know, won the tag titles. And later on the show, Kofi challenged for, like, the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title or whatever the case may be. I, I would like that, see that more of a dynamic in the three-man group. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do with them. Uh, and they're great. All of them are, are great talents. I mean, I watch them in NXT, and they are they are good. So if they let them shine like that, like they did on NXT on the main roster, you know, they'll they'll be a good group. Let me ask you a question because part of the superstar shakeup, and and I'm not the originator of this thought. I've heard this pop up on different podcasts and websites. I really think they're on the right track with Dolph Ziggler, believe it or not. Teaming him up with Drew McIntyre, a lot of people said this is remnants or, or reminds them back in the day when Shawn Michaels teamed up with Diesel. 
boy, if they pull this off, this could be what Dolph Ziggler needs to. And look, I'm a big Dolph Ziggler fan. I I think he should be a multiple-time world champion holding that belt for for a while. This could be what he needs. Yeah, no, this this definitely could be it. This is this is the most interesting thing because um Diesel when they brought him in, he was just like a bodyguard. That's 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 all he was. And he watched Shawn Michaels wrestle. You know, then they then he ended up working and they were a tag team and they feuded with each other and all that kind of stuff. So what's interesting is Drew McIntyre was just like the the champion of NXT. Mm-hmm. So and now you know, he got injured. Now he's up to the main roster. Is he just going to be like a lackey for Dolph Ziggler? I mean, that has, in a good way, disaster written all over it. Like disaster for their, their feud, like upcoming, because you know they're going to eventually have to feud with each other later on down the road, like Shawn Michaels and Diesel did. So, and that'll be a great match, both great workers and stuff. But it's going to be interesting if they're going to be a team, or if he's going to be like the muscle behind it, like a bodyguard, and how they'll utilize that. So. It makes me interested in Dolph Ziggler again. So, and that's I know that's their goal, and you know, the uh, mission accomplished. A few in my mind, winners and losers, and feel free to piggyback off of what I say here. But a few of the losers, the bar going to SmackDown, they were in a perfect position, a perfect place to to really own that Raw roster. I really loved what they were doing. Sure, they were two singles guys put together, and they wrestle as a tag team that way. Not a ton of tandem moves. But I, I see past this. I believe that they're a great team when I watch them wrestle. I believe that there's chemistry there. They do a great job of making me believe that. And I think chemistry in tag teams can be faked. And they're doing a great job, whether they're faking it or not, of making me believe that they are the top tag team in all of WWE. Yeah, it seems like SmackDown is the place to go for tag teams. Like prior to WrestleMania, what the bar say, we've beaten everybody. Mm-hmm. We've beaten everybody. So, I mean, why keep them on Raw and rehash old feuds? Unless you bring guys from SmackDown over to Raw, that'd be the only way to 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 keep it fresh. So, I, I don't mind them moving over there to, you know, feud with you know, Usos or, or New Day and all that kind of stuff. So I, w- I would like, like, right now the heavyweight and all that kind of stuff, that's that's pretty strong on Raw. So why not have SmackDown be the strong tag team, you know, show? Another <laughs> another winner and loser in my mind, I like the fact that Big Cass has essentially come back and it looks like Daniel Bryant might be one of his targets. I don't know if it was just setting up something. Or they use Daniel Bryant as a way to introduce Big Cass as a heel. But for me, and I talked about this on my other show, uh, Big Loser is Bobby Roode, Petey Williams. Your boy Bobby Roode to me is a loser in this trade going from SmackDown to Raw. And here's why. I like Bobby Roode. And I'm rehashing a lot of what I've said about him. But he's getting dangerously close. And word for word what I said on the James Ellsworth podcast, the duh cast getting dangerously close to the Dolph Ziggler waters of a great entrance (laughs) for whatever reason, he's not resonating and just may not get it going. He doesn't need a change of scenery. He just needs a character tune up, bringing him from SmackDown who 
has a great intimate feel where you can try different stuff and if it doesn't work you're kind of still protected by being on the smaller b show as opposed to bringing them over to the a show the big lights the bright bright lights big city where everything you do wrong is magnified by a hundred times I, I don't think this move is going to be beneficiary to him well it, you know it seems to me and i'm trying to just go off the top of my head and analyze, you know, all the moves and stuff like that. It really does seem like SmackDown, you know, you look at their champion, AJ Styles. He's faster paced, you know, more of that. I call it the X Division style just because that's the style that everybody is doing now. The X Division from like early 2000s. Um, so it, it seems like it's the faster paced show, almost like a, that, that X Division cruiserweight style. It seems like all the guys on Raw would do that more slower heavyweight main event style match and and bobby fits that more than that you know fast-paced cruiserweight style match so i think he it, it seems like that's what they're doing i mean i could be wrong um because i didn't look through everything like did braun Strowman get moved over to smackdown nope braun braun stated yeah. you know, before we end this, okay yeah before we end this let's talk about braun but go ahead and finish your thought no and that's it it just seems like all the like heavyweights like that slower paced uh, you know, work a body part, all that kind of stuff. All those guys are on Raw. And the faster pace, you know, exciting moves and all that kind of stuff is on SmackDown. So that's how it seems like they've separated it now. I mean, I could be wrong, but that, that's just what it looks like to me. All right. No. So and, uh, Bobby fits that, that mold. I, I want to see. It, that makes sense. I'm not sure if I can visualize it, but maybe put another two or three. Let's get past the next two pay-per-views where – a few of the you know, the greatest Royal Rumble and then was a backlash where we can really yep. start to see the two brands gel in their own right. That's that's when you'll start seeing a lot of things happen on the different shows. I think both both these shows now for the next month or so are going to be stuck in the storylines they have on crossing shows. Yeah, because isn't all coming up, coming up are all pay per views dual brand pay per views now? It, it is now. So that's going to be interesting as well because if you have eight matches, four matches per, you know, per show, you have you're pretty much just showing the titles and stuff like that. Like that's it. I, yeah, you're I not, mean, a lot of guys are going to get lost in the mix and not going to be on the pay per views. I I feel, or the pre shows. Hopefully, that will open up a little more TV time for them, where they'll have the TV time in the middle of the month to really push their storylines and the A storylines can really take a backseat and be told or stretched out because they're going to be on every yep. pay-per-view. Exactly. And then like, say the B storylines guys that aren't making the pay-per-view say they're in a feud with somebody, their big blow off could be a main event of a raw or a SmackDown. So oh. this can make for good television and good pay-per-view. I'm okay with that. That, that If they yeah. do it that way, it makes sense and it will work great. Finally, oh Braun Strowman. Let me let me ask you what what are they doing with him right now? He's in, in zero storylines. He drops the belt. He you know he is he going to find a tag team partner? I, which I think that's ridiculous. I I don't see him going into the tag team division. I think that was just something for him to do on WrestleMania so he wouldn't be left off the card. But there's nothing for him going forward where. I think I said this last year that and you and I may have disagreed where Braun Strowman is going to turn into the big show. Remember where I said that? 
Yeah, I remember. And, and I, you, I agree. It, but but in the way they built him up, there was nowhere to go but down. And it's almost like Luke Harper. Uh, was it last year or so where they were building Luke Harper up to be a great Intercontinental Champion? And there was no place to go but down. Yeah. No, it's it's tough with Braun. Like, they, I, I feel what it would have been best for him if they – you know, switch them over to SmackDown and then have them in a short period of time actually get a title run because it seems like nobody's taking that belt off Lesnar right now. You know, I I think he's taking time off now. I I don't know what the case is, but, you know, that's it. Like, he's been trying to get the belt off Lesnar. He hasn't been successful. So now he should go over to SmackDown, try to get their title and maybe be the champion over there. I mean, that's how you got to book this guy. I mean, you can't just put him in... I mean, he has to he has to face other monsters. If not, he's gonna like just like who, who's he feud with? I mean, I, yeah, I guess he could feud with Joe, but it looks like Joe's feuding with Roman Reigns. And if you put Braun in there again, it's the same thing that they were doing like six months ago. It's the same guys in the you know feuding with each other. So um, it's tough. I mean, maybe the maybe the tag division no is the best spot. No. for him. I mean, I, what are you supposed to do? Listen, you were right. If you think about SmackDown, where Jinder Mahal for a solid six months held that belt and was not a horrible champion, you put Braun Strowman over there and you put that belt on him for easily a year, it's believable. You could build him up to be the next Brock Lesnar if you put him on a show, you protect him on a smaller show, and then he will be ready for the big time on Raw. Instead... They just leave him on Rod to do whatever they plan on doing there. What He's going to flip more trucks and make us believe he's strong. We get he's strong. Let's believe that he can be in a meaningful storyline now. Yeah, I mean, because his storylines are limited. Like you just said, what does he do? He gets upset, beats people up, flips trucks. That's it. He's a big monster. There's got to be more to it, and you got to give him a championship run where I, I think he should be heel, first off. And then babyfaces should be chasing him, and nobody could beat him. Kind of like, kind of like, but that's what they have with Lesnar right now. Um, I, I don't know how you get him out of there, but they better do something. They better do it fast, or you're going to have another big show. But maybe that's what they want. Big show's retiring, so you know he's the guy that he's the, not retiring. <laughs> he, he actually, from what I understand, signed a contract extension. As a as a wrestler, or like uh, as a wrestler. Oh, okay. Well. Uh-huh. And the thing is, he's Big Show's always a good hand because I remember back a few years ago, you know, if Vince McMahon would come out on the mic and if you upset him, it's like, well, you're going to wrestle the Big Show tonight. Oh my God, you know, and Big Show would come out and destroy him. Like that—that's that was the Big Show's gimmick for the longest time. Or maybe Big Show would lose, you know, the the babyface like Big Show would slip up on a banana peel and the babyface would go over and oh, Vince McMahon lost again, kind of deal. But <laughs> you know, it seems like that's what they're. That's what they're doing with Braun. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where he, where he is. Cause let's say SummerSlam time. All right, let's let's put a bow on this show. We'll wrap this up here. Other than Redemption and the television tapings, what do you have going on? That's it. Just getting ready for that. I mean, it's it's days away right now. Like we got one, two, three days away uh, until Redemption. So I'm just getting my head in the game. Um, you know, putting the last uh, touches on everything and heading out. 
I threw this at you via text, and I figure why not bring it up onto the paper or, or on the podcast. But why or how hard is it for you to do a special entrance for a pay per view? This is what bothers me. Pay per views, and especially on something like Redemption, where you guys are trying to sell it, it seems Redemption feels like a regular show, a regular impact show. And you should be coming out to a spend. You could probably do something different that doesn't cost money. I get that that's their biggest bugaboo right now is cash flow. But you should do something a little different. Just tweak it a little bit, your entrance for this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> where do I start with that? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's... That's a good question with the entrance. Um, first off, if you look at let, let's just compare it to WWE. <coughs> you know, they, they usually have their their spectacular entrances at what WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam, okay. some of the big pay per views. So not every pay per view. <coughs> Excuse me. I know your voice is going. We're trying to wrap it up. Yeah. Um. So you know, it looks like uh, Impact has like maybe four big pay per views: uh, Redemption, Slamiversary, Bound for Glory, and maybe another one. Um. So, yeah, I guess you could do big things on pay-per-view. The one problem that we always had was when we did our pay-per-views in the impact zone, it was the same setting. It just looked like a, a longer you know, version of impact pretty much. Um, <coughs> yeah, my voice is going. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's doable. You don't expect like you know fireworks coming in from a ceiling helicopter, you know, anything like that. But, yeah, I, I guess you could switch it up, but – it kind of throws people off too. It's like, why is he doing that? So, I mean, creatively, you know, you just have to, I'm trying to think of a, of a different entrance of what I can do, what I can do to make it special at the pay-per-view. It just, nothing's really, you know, really sat, you know, and sunk in with me is what I'm trying to say. I threw out a few ideas and I won't <laughs> tell them, I won't tell them here on the, on the podcast, just, just because you, if you choose to do one, I don't want it to be ruined, but let's wrap yeah, this thank up. You. Uh, look, guys, what an amazing first week. Uh, you and I have been doing this podcast for a year, and we a little back history for everybody who is coming over from the James Ellsworth Dudcast. Dudcast. Petey and I started this a year ago because we were bored, and he was out of wrestling, and we would spend hours just texting each other about wrestling. I said, let's turn it into a podcast. We turn it into a podcast. We hook up with Wrestling Inc., a few months ago, we decided to leave Wrestling Inc., which is a funny story in its own. And Petey, the guy who runs Wrestling Inc., unfollowed me too. So that's that's even funny in itself. What? Yeah. I should check if he unfollowed me. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah, funny. It's Bush League. But he, he does that. We left on good terms. You and I blowing up. In the podcast rankings, we were in the top five, once t- tickling the top two or three on iTunes on podcasts. The fans have been amazing. The downloads have been phenomenal. We decided that we started, to, we had Ellsworth on once, and it was fun. People loved the interview. We reached out. He wanted to do a podcast, so he's now part of this feed. So you'll see two different podcasts, uh, James Ellsworth and myself, which will be Tuesday night podcast will release it Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and then PD and myself with the wrestling perspective will be Thursday nights, Wednesday or Thursday nights. So keep an eye out for both of them. Hopefully, if you enjoy one, you'll listen to the other. 
make sure you follow everybody. You need to follow at PD Williams, I PD Williams. Uh, you should go follow James Ellsworth, the real James Ellsworth, myself, Dennis 77Feral, uh, Knockdown underscore media, who does our little news breaks once or twice a week. You will get like a ESPN style break in between the two podcast news. And it's kind of cool and revolutionary. If you have any more, uh, God, I catch my breath here, but. If you're listening, <laughs> I know. If you're listening and you want to listen on, look, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on Tuned In and we're on iHeartRadio, which is huge. I mean, uh, several other places. There's all the links at WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can actually listen from there too if you don't listen to podcasts on the go. And the biggest thing that we want to ask you, the fans, is word of mouth. That's how we grow. That by the way, we set we have advertising. So if you have a podcast or a product you want to advertise, there's a button there you can click and advertise. And believe it or not, compared to other podcasts, and who's on our podcast, we have two real wrestlers. It's actually super cheap. We have options ranging for just five dollars. P.D. Williams, five dollars. Five dollars is nothing, man. I know, right? Nothing. Yeah, I, you you could you could you could pay five bucks for a shout out. So, you know, and and the more income that comes, the more we grow and build. And but we we word of mouth more than anything is what we're asking from you guys. So go out, scream it from a rooftop, tweet it, put it on Facebook, because we're here doing this for you guys, not me and you, Petey. No, absolutely not. Even though I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is a Wrestling Perspective podcast. Keep an eye out for James Ellsworth and myself with the Duh cast everywhere, even on uh, YouTube. So for this week, Pete, good luck at Redemption. Bring home that belt so I can take some pictures of it with me and myself in the bed, butt naked with the belt. I will do my absolute best to bring it home with don't, me. Don't disappoint us because you, if you fail – I'm replacing you with Josh Matthews. <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> if that's if that's the road you want to go down, <laughs> good for you. All right, guys, it's a wrestling perspective podcast. Wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com. PD and I will see you guys later. Thanks.